Good. Are we rolling? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever Formula Weekly podcast. It took us a while to get here. This has been in the works for a little while, but we finally got the ball rolling. Finally. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lewis. And I'm Danielle. And we are just two crazy passionate F1 fans that just want to share our passion and our knowledge with you. So I guess we should just kind of introduce ourselves first, just first. get the ball rolling. Um, I'm Lewis, I'm 24 years old. I'm from Middlesbrough, sunny Teesside in England. Um, if you don't know where that is, it's, it's near, near Newcastle. Newcastle. That's what we always have to say. It's relentless. Um, my favourite driver... This has kind of been a, a contentious subject for a little while. It's usually Lando Norris, then it turned into Sebastian Vettel, then Mick Schumacher, then back to Vettel, then kind of Daniel Ricciardo, now it's back to Lando. I'm just kind of in the middle of everyone. I don't really know. Um, and how about you? I'm Danielle, I'm 22, also from sunny Teesside. Um, my favourite driver is Daniel Ricciardo, was a bit of Sebastian Vettel as well. But this year, I am a Charles Leclerc fan. I mean, you're just kind of... Well, at least I've went back to my original, you know what I mean? Um, so what we're going to do first is we're just going to kind of talk a bit through ourselves, through our favourite parts of F1, um, and just really go from there. So let's get this going. So I think the first thing we wanted to really talk about was... How long we followed F1, what got us into Formula One, um, and why we love the sport so much. So I'll go first. I've kind of followed Formula One for about 13 years now, kind of from like the 2009 season. I kind of just missed the whole Kimi Raikkonen, Lewis Hamilton winning era and just kind of moved straight to, I think the first, the first real guy I remember winning was Jensen Button. Then it kind of switched to the dominance of Sebastian Vettel and that really got me into Formula One. I loved the passion of it, the crazy moments, the crazy characters and I've just kind of loved it ever since and here we are now. <laughs> um, and what about you? I think your story's a bit more Yeah, I got, I got forced. So I grew, <laughs> I grew up watching sort of MotoGP um, but I, I got forced to sit and watch Barcelona of, was it 2020? 2021? 2021. 2021. 2021 season. forced to watch Barcelona. Um, that absolute Lewis Hamilton Mercedes masterclass. Yeah. That was absolutely beautiful. And I think because you were getting really excited over it, I was like, oh, this is quite interesting. It's kind of, it's a funny one because I, I, I'd obviously been watching the season and you didn't really... You knew about the existence of F1, mm. you knew about its presence, but you, you'd never really watched a race, I was you? very much under the impression of, it is people driving in circles. <laughs> it is. It is to, to everyone so else. But there's so much more than that. It's crazy. And I think the thing that really got you into that race, and as I was explaining it, because I think I was kind of doing the typical thing of, I know everything about F1, I'm going to explain everything in expert terms yeah. to you. And you just kind of sat there like, that's a pretty car. Yeah, I in think, essence, I think that's there's what me it was. trying to, there's me trying to show <laughs> shades of hungry and trying to show the embankments oh of God. Spa, <laughs> and I was like, well, they're going quite fast. 
And it was just a case of, especially going back to that Barcelona race, it was a case of, I was there trying to explain this absolute strategic masterclass that was going on, and you just kind of didn't get any of it. But you did in the end. In fairness, you did in the end. Yeah, I was, that race, I was very much into it by the end of the race, wasn't you, I? You seemed to have caught the bug, and then we watched a couple of them after, and then all of a sudden, it just ended up being this this wild, crazy <laughs> season. It ended up Your first ever season of F1 ended up the best season yeah, of F1 that absolutely. I can remember. That whole Max and Lewis saga and just... And then I, defi- I definitely think, because Monaco was after it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that was Lando's first podium. And I remember s- seeing how excited you were. And I was like, oh, my God, this is this is amazing. And then that kind of made me think, right, because you supported Lando for so long. I was like, right, I'm going to get behind Lando. Because his driving in Monaco that year was amazing. It was ridiculous. <clears throat> you just like, to be honest, you. the reason I loved McLaren in that race specifically just that livery. Oh, that golf livery that was golf livery unreal. Was absolutely incredible. Anyway, we're rambling. We're rambling. So, let's get into a couple of the little things that we have written down. So, we have a couple of things that we just want to tell you about us. So, we've talked about how we fo- how long we followed F1, how we got into it. We've told you our favourite drivers. Please let us know yours as well. We'd love to hear your opinions on different drivers, different teams, all of that type of good stuff. So the next thing I want to talk about is our favourite tracks. And I think I'll let you go first on this Spa. one. Spa. 100% Spa. And why would that be? <clears throat> Sorry, I keep coughing. Spa was our very first Grand Prix. And oh my God, it was so amazing. It was incredible. So we decided we were going to... Especially after the 2021 season. I'd never been to a Grand Prix in person. I'd loved watching it for years and years. But I'd never really had that urge to go and see it live. I think, and I I know a lot of you guys will agree with me. In terms of watching the race, you get a lot more from a screen. You get a lot more from sat at your TV. But I think I'd never really took into consideration just how immersive it can be on a race weekend getting there, being surrounded by like-minded people. It was was incredible. (laughs) And when we first decided we were going to go to Spa, it was actually actually a surprise present for myself. I (laughs) sort of made the decision and I said, right, I'm going to book a Spa. And we were sat in a grandstand and we ended up meeting a couple of people that I'd been talking to. And the entire experience was so amazing. We were sat at the bottom of Eau Rouge. It was just absolutely wild, but... I tell you what, that weekend, that weekend in itself was crazy. I mean, I think one thing we didn't realise before we went there was just how how crazy that weekend was going to be. How isolated the circuit actually is. How steep it is as well. That was yeah, a lot of hurt feet, a lot of blisters, <laughs> a lot of blisters. Trying yeah. to walk up. Trying to walk up Eau Rouge was <laughs> wild. Trying to absolutely walk up to the wild. straight as well. We were like, oh, it was absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, yeah, I think Spa holds a very... Special place in my heart. A very special place in my heart, too. I have a real soft spot for Spa, and I hope it stays on the calendar for years to come. Yeah. Whether it does, I'm not sure, but I'd really, really love it, too. What's your favourite track? See, for me, there's a a couple that I really love. This might be a bit of an unpopular opinion for one of my favourites, but I really like Monaco. Oh, yeah. I really like Monaco because it's not really ideal for... For the current F1 cars, I think the really big, really bulky 
it just doesn't work for current F1 cars. And I can see why people are kind of turning off to the the idea that it should be on the calendar. But I just think the history, driving out around the streets of Monaco and just... It's such a gorgeous circuit on the outside as well. It just well. looks stunning. And all the <clears throat> all the teams, all the drivers, they always put in a bit of extra effort for Monaco mm. Dawn there. You know, I mean, everyone just seems to... It's the big race. If you're taking away the track and everything, the event itself, it's the big one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think you can't really... It is sort of the pinnacle yeah, of you the can't... calendar, isn't it? It is It is in many ways. I can see why... Like, again, I can see why some people don't like it. But, yeah. But, again, I, you know what? I wouldn't say that's my favourite. I'd say my favourite. And I might be biased here, being a Brit, but I love Silverstone. Yeah. Silverstone, to me, it has everything. You know, it has... The straights, the big long straights, the attacking zones, the little intricate corners. It has everything that, as a racing fan, you want to see. I think, I think Silverstone would be a great place for us to maybe try and go next. But yeah, we will see about pricing because know, Silverstone yeah. seems absolutely crazy for the prices we were that it holds. It this year, weren't we? And it was just hiking and hiking, and people, people were like. I'm still in the queue, like, I'm still not moved. It's just sounded a bit chaos this year. But, yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, we've both picked European races there. I think that's, mm. again, we might be a bit biased. I mean, again, I don't mind Circuit of the Americas. I was just going to say. It's quite a good track. Yeah. You know what? A lot of people don't give it credit, but it is quite a good track. Produced think, an amazing race this year. I think the atmosphere of Austin is as well something else aside from the circuit well it just gets danny ricardo on a horse doesn't it so that's very, all very true i mean that's all everyone really wants danny ricardo on a horse and you saw it on you i mean what more do you need throw the race away <laughs> got danny ricardo on a horse you're winning um okay so now i want to know and i'm sure the people would love to hear uh, a random fact about ourselves now, I know Ooh. mine. I think mine would be, and I'm not going to do any on this podcast because I'm going to make an absolute idiot of myself, but I think I am quite good at impressions. You are. You are really good at impressions. Now, the one thing that I would say I haven't really tried so much yet is Formula One impressions. Very good point. Now, and we did actually have someone on Instagram ask if you could. I know. So, <laughs> so I might have to get the work done on so that. You are being held accountable for that one. But um, yeah, you may hear a couple of impressions. I mean, you never know. You might think Max Verstappen's in the room with us. You never know. But um, yeah, I'd say I'd say yeah, that's man. I'm pretty good at impressions. Um, I'm not so good at impressions. Um, I think the only f- <laughs> the only fact is that <laughs> I can name all of the United States, all the states of America, off by heart. I can name like three. Yeah, we sat down one day, and, and tried, that's just because and tried to do it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, that's mainly because of that's mainly because of Formula One. I can name Texas, I can name New Texas, York, and I can name well, Flor- I can name Florida now. Florida, name Florida now. and Vegas. Vegas is a city. Oh yeah. I think we've just found out that Nevada. <laughs> I think we've just found out that Danielle's random fact isn't so true. <laughs> Which is absolutely wonderful. You've just basically destroyed our credibility know, live yeah. on air. Sorry. Wonderful. Okay, so down to the serious stuff. The big question. <laughs> so I want to get down to what we think about the 2023 season. I think it's going to be very interesting. We've got I... three, we've got a lot of team changes, we've got 
three new drivers. I know, I mean, I know Nick has driven before. Um, no, but it's it's but good to see him in a full three new drivers, seat. lots of team shakeups, new team principles. Well, we haven't even finished with that one yet, have we? I mean, we still don't know the Alpha team principal. Not as of this, as of recording, they're not having a team principal. They're having a team representative. What? That's yeah. I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. Okay, so down to the nitty gritty. So we've decided to create a little a little early prediction video. I mean, we haven't seen testing yet. We haven't even seen the livery reveals as of recording uh, this podcast. So this is just early. Lay of the land from news that we've been getting through the winter break, which is finally coming to an end really soon. Um, so it's been I just a long two months. It has. It's been wild. And <laughs> we we really hope we've managed to keep you somewhat entertained um, um, through it. But yeah, it's it's really good to see cars back on track really soon. Really can't wait to see see the liveries. The only people I've seen testing the Ferrari at the moment, and even that's exciting. It is even just, <laughs> just like little little snippets, just little snippets on the uh, on the track. But yeah, right down to the nitty gritty of it. So we've decided we're going to predict a few things this year. Um, so let's go. I'm going to start first of all with your predictions. Ooh. So, who do you think will be the 2023? World Drivers' Champion. I think, from the way that Fred Vasseur has been talking, I think Ferrari will be back up there this year. And I was going to say Charles Leclerc. I said Charles last year as well. You did, you did. I think early on, <laughs> Ferrari looked insane last year. And to be honest, I, I think that's a really good call for this mm. year. I think the way that they're looking, bringing Fred Vasseur in, I think he's the type of guy that's ready to steady an already strong ship. It just needs a bit of direction. I think what he said the other day, saying after sort of last season, we can't go and say that we're going to aim for fifth. Like we have to win, and I think that's a really sort of it's very strong words way it's, to start a season. Yeah, it's very strong words for <clears throat> this early on. Mm. Um, but again, very promising if you're a, a member of the Tifosi. Um However, I am. Um, my predictions will rain on your parade. Max, I. I think Max becomes a three-time champion. I think it definitely will be close. I mean, look how close it was at the beginning of the last season between the pair of them. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> there are things that are going to come into play this year. You know, the overspending on the budget cap. Yeah. That loss in, uh, in wind tunnel time, that's all going to come into play. Um, I, do think, I do think Red Bull are going to struggle with the aerodynamics of the car, with the power of the car. But I think if there's one person <clears throat> you want in charge... When you've got these kind of restrictions being put in place, it's Adrian Newey. Absolutely. Absolute genius with cars. Some of the cars he's produced in the past. Um, producing the most successful Red Bull car in history last season that just propelled Max to absolute dominance. I think Max is in amazing form. I think right now, might be a bit of a bold prediction, but I think he's the best overall driver in the world. Mm. I, I think he's quite untouchable. I, I mean, maybe... Maybe joint top with Lewis. I mean, if we're if we're, I mean, he had a bit bit of a dull season last season. Um, but yeah, it. I think it's either. I think it's got to be Max. I don't see it being anyone else, unless. Unless Mercedes. Unless Mercedes have a total resurgence, and in that case, 
and could get. Okay, no, you know what? I might make another ball prediction. Go on. Okay, I'm going to say it's going to be really tight between. I'm going to give you two contenders. I'm going to say it's going to be really tight between Max Verstappen and George Russell. Because that guy Ooh, last year, yeah. getting used to that car, he sit, it fits him like a glove. Absolutely fits him like a glove, does that Mercedes. And uh, I think another year is only going to sort of enhance that. Yeah, if they can get that car right. I mean, he's a race winner <clears> last year in that absolute toaster of a Mercedes. Mm. And I honestly believe, I, I believe he could. I believe he could be in contention. I believe he's that good. I do think the three, the three teams at the front... <clears throat> will have a really close battle. I hope so. I really I even hope think, so. you know, I mean, Ferrari said there's going to be no number one driver until sort of later in the season. There's nothing to say that it might not be Carlos. It could be. I mean, we're just naming everyone now. <clears throat> we are just naming everybody. We can't... Yeah, right. We'll <clears throat> stick to one. We'll stick to one. Could be George Russell. I'm saying that right now. I'm saying Charles. I'm saying Max. Okay? Charles and Max. That's your fight. That is your fight for 2023. Okay. So, bearing that in mind... Who do you believe will be the constructors' champion? Red Bull. Red Bull. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because last year, I mean, it, it might all change this season, but last year Ferrari had so many reliability issues that mainly put one or the other out of the race. And I, I mean, uh, to be I honest, the, think... the standout part for me <clears throat> is Carlos's engine just totally yeah. getting destroyed in Austria. That yeah, was absolutely. it was scary to watch. A horrible situation to be in and I think for a, for a lot of people if they didn't already believe that Ferrari had reliability issues that kind of that was that was the it. race you know but I um, do think that Red Bull are more consistent in those kind of areas but like you said whether cost cap or well that's anything like that affects see that them, kind of but... that kind of segues into what I think because Red Bull will be strong don't get me wrong Red Bull are going to be strong next year but with with those cost cap restrictions, I don't think they've got enough. Mm. But then again, I also don't think... I think for Fred Vasseur and Ferrari, I think it's very much a case of Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, very true. And I don't think Ferrari will be either. I honestly believe next year they'll be stronger than, than last. It doesn't. Than last year, yeah. I'll be honest, in terms of strategy, in terms of reliability, it won't take much no, very, to be better than last true. year. But I actually believe... If they can get this year right, I think Mercedes are going to be uh, constructors champions again, and I think George Russell is going to be at the head of that charge. Mm. I honestly think. I think. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not giving a. I'm not doing a, a disservice to to Lewis Hamilton. He's an amazing driver. He's still, arguably, one of the best drivers in the world. But I honestly believe. George Russell has came in and he's took the reins of that team. He's definitely in his 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 rookie season with Mercedes. Not his rookie season in F one, but his rookie season with Mercedes. He's definitely showed his worth. He's I definitely, I definitely think he's team. shown why he deserves to be at Mercedes because absolutely a lot of people were saying, "Oh well, why isn't such and such going? And why is George going going from Williams?" But I I genuinely do think he's proved why he should be there. I fully agree. I couldn't agree more. I honestly believe, but yeah, I think he's going to be one of the people to lead Mercedes to the uh, to the championship, and I think he's going to be the main reason why. I think maybe if Mercedes start with a bit of a dull note to the season again, maybe Lewis goes into more of an experimental mode again, trying mm. to get this car right as he did last season. I mean, um, it, it did work from last season. Like there were there weren't 
winners, but they were on the podium. Absolutely. And I think that is a lot... That is major league credit to Lewis as well. I mean, we don't know for certain, but I'm sure a lot of races were sacrificed trying to try yeah. different setups, trying different things in practice. Absolutely. I mean, now that they seem to be on top of the poor poison issue, which, my God, no one yeah, knew was going to be that was, much of an issue last season. That was such a setback for them at the beginning of last season, though. It seemed, that... to be, it seemed to be for a few teams, but no team seems to have that much of a damaged level of performance. Yeah, and I think that kind of set the trajectory for the season. I think after that, they pretty much kind of said, right, let's try and fix all the issues and then we'll try. Yeah, I, I mean, I think very too many on. issues underneath everything that it just wasn't, wasn't right. Yeah, I think, I think very early in the season, it was kind of, let's focus on 2023. Yeah. This season's a bit of a write-off, let's just kind of get right the things that we got wrong yeah and i think for a lot of mercedes fans that was very hard to see um especially when you've got a driver as dominant as lewis has been for the last decade Absolutely. having such a not a fall from grace but just just not being able to perform at the level he's used to it was quite hard to watch sometimes though wasn't it it was it was weird it was really weird to see lewis hamilton that far back struggling so much i mean i mean even i'm saying does does 10th get a point yeah, like that was I mean, that was crazy to listen to because he's obviously never, never been in that position for for how long? I mean, I can't lie, I can't lie. I do think, I think that was him really trying to get a message across to his team. Yeah, but um, saying like, why am I here? Why am I here? This isn't right. But I also think because he's that much of a perfectionist, because he strives for greatness, I think a lot of that is going to rub off on George Russell really quick. I think that that ideology within Mercedes is still very much there. Of we are the top team. We're the team to beat. And I honestly think they are going to be the team to beat next season. And I think the relationship that George has with Toto and with Lewis does play a massive part in the team's sort of cohesiveness. Because there's, there's no sort of fighting, there's no argument. It doesn't it's just kind it's... of get on. And I think yeah. how much of a mentor Lewis is, is really going to affect George. And... Absolutely. It, it seems like a really constructive relationship. Mm. Um, whether that remains the case when they're a top team... Yeah. Again, we don't know because Lewis Hamilton searching for his eighth title. I mean, we've seen how it, Max and Checo were. I'm not being funny, but Lewis doesn't play well with others. We've seen that with Nico Rosberg. He does not play well with others. With that same machinery that Nico built, uh, won in. Yeah, it's, uh, we know Lewis doesn't seem to play well with others, especially when it's very tight at the top. He's... He's very much a, a person that believes there can only be one number one driver and he fully believes he is still that. I think I think that still really is the ideology at Mercedes as well, but yeah. We'll see how they get on next season, but yeah, I think Mercedes mm. Mercedes number one. Anyway, again, rambling. So let's go on to the flop of the year. Who do you think will be the flop of the season? Oh, I think I already know what you're going to say. Who do you think I'm going to say? Oh, I think you're going to say a little young Australian lad. I don't know whether it would be a flop. I just think everybody's putting a lot of pressure on him. Like We're, we're talking did... about Oscar Piastri, by the way. <laughs> Mr. Oscar Piastri. <laughs> he did amazing in F2. But Pretty I just, dominant in F2. I just think everybody's thinking, oh, you know, come from, F, come from F2, he's going to be going against Landor. And I mean... Zach Brown's been saying, oh, our car's not going to be a title contender until 2025 and all of this. But there's there's been a lot of focus on Piastri. And I just think it's 
Too much. It's going to take some time to get used to the car. As we've seen, every driver do every season when they're new or when there's a different setup. And I just think there's going to be a lot of pressure and everyone's going to go, oh, well, he's not very good. And I just think it'll take a little bit of time to get into it. But then I do think he'll be flying. And I do think with the expertise that Lando has, he is a good mentor for Oscar. Yeah, Lando seems to be the perfect blend right now of he's youthful enough to be able to go for daring lunges and stuff. Absolutely. He's youthful enough to, to be able to take those risks. But he's also been in F1 for for a fair few years mm-hmm. now. He's he's had a fair few um a fair few teammates. He's he's teammated with Carlos, with Danny Rick, now with Oscar. Mm-hmm. Now he's the older guy in the team for the first time. And I think it's gonna be really interesting. Not only to see how Oscar performs as the rookie, but also how Lando performs as the experienced guy in the team. Yeah, and I also think it'll be interesting to see how the cars set up this year because it was it was a bit hit and miss last year, and I just I hope that it's a bit quicker and a bit better this year, so that it gives Oscar the chance to show why he's an F one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone can deny that he deserves his place. No, absolutely. But I think if this amount of pressure is being put on him this early on, that seems to be coming from from McLaren and all this it's, hype around yeah, him. Yeah, it's all the hype. And I just think he is going to take a, a bit of time to get into it. As everyone does. Yeah, as everyone and does. it's going to take maybe maybe six or so races. But I just hope that it doesn't affect sort of the confidence if it doesn't go swimmingly straight away. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So is that your flop of the season, do you think? Not necessarily a flop. But the but one you think's maybe not necessarily maybe not going to hit the ground running yeah, from the start. I agree. Well, I again have a bit more of a bold prediction. I'm full of these today. Um, I think the fluff of the season will be Mr. Sergio Perez. <gasps> I believe he's after last season. He's not going to be able to get to grips with that car. Whether it's team orders coming into play, which seems to be mm. rife with Red Bull. Um, or whether it's just his general performance. I mean, we saw we saw last year he he kind of dwindled a little bit, but I honestly believe that he's not going to reach the expectations of Red Bull, and I honestly believe that that seat <laughs> is destined for someone else. Another, I honestly believe another, another big Aussie with a really big personality. I honestly mm. believe that whether it's through the middle of the season. At the end of the season, I believe Daniel Ricciardo takes that seat away from Perez because he's just not going to perform. I also think it'll be quite interesting to see how the team team dynamic between Max and Perez is at the start of the season, given off how it sort of ended. I mean, I know they portrayed it as everything's fine, but I, I do not think it was. Yeah, I think I think everyone forgets how much of a struggle Perez can have working mm. with others too. I mean... A lot of people seem to have forgot the whole Perez and Ocon scenario yeah. from Racing Point. Um, everyone seems to have forgot that. And, yeah, I don't think he's going to play well with others if others don't play well with him. I think it'll very much be a case of Max is leading. You do what you need to do. Or, like, you do what the team wants you to do. I mean... And I think he... I do think he'll end up getting sick, as he did sort of at the beginning of... At the end of last season. That's exactly it. And I I think for a lot of teams, they're trying to be a bit... A bit tight-lipped on who their number one driver is. I think for a couple of teams it's obvious, but I think the one that it's most obvious for is Red Bull. Mm. 
you can't have the reigning champion as a number two driver. You can't have him yeah. as a joint number one. It's just whether Sergio Perez is okay with being that yeah. number two driver. He he's an F one driver. He's competitive. He has aspirations. Mm. He wants to be number one. Every inevitably. driver wants to be number one. Or don't they? But it's whether he can cope with the fact that with Red Bull, I believe he won't be. He he's never going to be no, number I one. I don't think he will be. And even in the early parts of the season, I believe they'll favour Max. I think that's just how it's going to go. I think this year Red Bull are going to act like they need all the help they can get. Yeah. Especially, again, with these cost-cap restrictions coming into place. Um, I think it is going to be a critical year for Red Bull this year, though. Yeah, I think we're going to know very early on how their season's going to go. Um, We're going to be able to see if they have the performance. If they have the performance, Max could well be up there. Checo could well be up there. But it could also go very different. They could be fighting for 6th, 7th. Um, this season and we just don't know we just don't know and I think it's going to be a very critical season a critical half first half of the season for Checo um, depending on what he can do depends on whether he keeps that seat it's that simple I yeah. hope he performs but I, I think, don't think it's he does. very much going to be sort of how Pierre and Alex were put into the team as if you don't perform that's it there's well a, there's always some, historically there's Red always Bull. somebody else wanting a Red Bull seat isn't there that's exactly it historically Red Bull are a very cutthroat team when it comes to to driver uh, choices and stuff. We've seen it with Pierre Gasly, Alex Albon, Danny Kvyat. Yeah. Um, and the one that's lasted the test of time is Max. Yeah. He is he is the golden child of Red Bull and that ain't going to change. Yeah. Not for Sergio Perez, not for anyone. <laughs> it all depends whether Sergio can play play the team game and we've seen well, he can. Yeah. But when it's not played back to him, who knows? Who knows? Right. So, we've talked about the flop of the year. Now... Let's talk about, I believe, the star of the year. Who do we think is going to be the star? It doesn't necessarily have to be the champion. Just who do we think is going to absolutely shine this year? Pierre Gasly. Gasly? I think so. I think going to a new team. Especially a strong Alpine team too. And I think he's just going to, or at least I hope, we're going to see him on some more podiums, fighting for the top finishes. That's all I can say, really. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I, I think, think going to Alpine, especially with I Ocon, think it's going to rejuvenate him. Yeah. I think it's going to absolutely rejuvenate him. I, I honestly see Gasly fighting for podiums this year, yeah. and it'll be nice to see because seeing he's him fighting... He's a good driver. He was... And I think for a lot of people, it was really not a nice thing, seeing him fighting at the back last season, fighting in the yeah. midfield. He's a better driver than that. I think he showed that at some point with Aftar. He's had absolute moments of brilliance. He got his first win with Alfa uh, Tauri. And I think, I honestly think in a in a better performing car, he can be up there. It just depends whether he can get on with Ocon. It really See, does. I, like, <clears throat> they've said in interviews, sort of this, this whole rivalry, animosity thing, is a bit far-fetched. And I think, for the sake of the team, I think they will put whatever it is behind them. Because, I don't think they have. Honestly, because at I think the end it's of the day, it's, yeah, I do think <clears throat> it is the media. The media, the media will feed into anything yeah. if there's any sort of animosity. But I honestly think they have left it behind years ago. You've got two French drivers driving for a French team, and I think that team will do everything they can to make them two shine. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, you know what? I don't have the same star of the year this year, but I think he could be up there. I definitely think he could be up there, and I definitely think that's a strong choice. Mine kind of goes totally against your flop. 
I think Oscar Piastri will be the star of this year. I don't think he's going to be fighting for podiums. I don't think anything like that. But I, I honestly believe he'll consistently be in the points. He's going to show what a good driver he is after a year of not driving. Kind of like George Russell this year. Absolutely. I think he's going to have. I think he's going to be a breakout star. I honestly believe he'll be a breakout star. Charles, when he was in Sauber, showed his quality. George, when he was in the Williams, showed his quality. Straight away, Oscar has a decent car under him. Yeah. It's not the best, it's not the worst, it's just a decent car under him. And I honestly think with his driving ability, if he can get up to speed quickly, he's going to be showing a lot of people just what he can do. I equally think that. And I, I don't honestly... necessarily think he is going to be a flop. I just think it might take him... I just hope that everyone doesn't sort of pick up on, if he does struggle, that that's him wrote off for the year. Yeah, I, yeah. I honestly believe... Um, I honestly believe if McLaren can get it right, I think that's a very dangerous pairing, Lando yeah. and Oscar. I equally think that Nick DeVry will be quite exciting this year. Y- yeah. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> mm. I just... I I really can't get behind that team at the minute. I really can't get behind mm. them. I, do, I just... I don't know why. I just... They almost seem to be going backwards. I mean, they've had some great, great results... Even even last year when they weren't doing so great with Pierre and Yuki in those seats, it still they were still performing well. They had a good relationship. Yeah. With Yuki Sonoda, as your more experienced driver, yeah. I don't know how you perform. Really set the team in. I think Gasly acted as a really good yeah. mentor for Sonoda, and I I honestly don't know if Sonoda will be able to step up to the plate for Nick. Don't get me wrong, Nick's probably the more experienced driver in other categories yeah. i mean did really well in f2 is done great in formula e they're not f1 yeah and i think everyone does try and sort of come like it is completely different and i think a lot of people do forget that just because you've done amazing in f2 and fe doesn't guarantee a direct correlation in f1 yeah agreed agreed but um yeah we'll see how we'll see how nick does i, I hope he does well I really hope he does well. I hope AlphaTauri can stop the rot that they're going through. Yeah. I hope I they can bounce back. I think Logan Sargent, I mean, people have got wild mixed opinions on Logan Sargent. I hate Logan Sargent. You can't say that. I hate Logan Sargent. <laughs> you can't say you hate I categorically somebody. hate Logan Sargent. I, I cannot get behind Logan Sargent at all. I don't know why. I just do not like the guy. I've lost my train of thought now. Now that you've got with that bold predict, like... Hey, it's our podcast. We can do what we want. We can make bold statements. We can do whatever we want. I do think it will be interesting. I know he's in a Williams, and I know. I mean, we all expected Alex Albon to sort of fly up in a Williams, and it. Don't get me wrong. He did amazing some races. It just just didn't didn't take off. But I, I think Logan will be okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Here um, might. Alright. Okay. Okay. Here might be a strong word. I dislike Logan Sargent. I think he'll have a lot to contend with over people's opinions first. I think. I think a lot of people have uh, opinions early on yeah. on Logan Sargent. I've seen a lot of people on F one Twitter. It's very mixed opinions, but it's very, extreme yeah. in both ways. You, people either all behind him, or. They just absolutely Absolute cannot stand me. the guy. Yeah. The one thing I do think 
is good to come out of this is we finally have an American driver on the grid. Yeah. I honestly think that is a good thing, especially having three American races now, which we will talk about in another podcast because we have very strong opinions on that as well. We have very strong opinions. <laughs> but We love, we love Suck at the Americas. Yeah. 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 We don't speak about we don't speak about Miami. We don't speak about Vegas. But then again, we haven't seen a race, so we'll see. But we don't speak about Vegas. Yeah. So okay, so we've talked about the star of the year, the flop of the year. Who do you think will be the underrated driver of the year? Now I've said Alex Albon. Mm-hmm. just because sec I know the Williams. The Williams has always been sort of back of the grid for the last couple of seasons. But I think he's had another year to get to grips with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think... I don't know. There's something about me that just thinks he'll... He's going to perform. Yeah, he might not be winning races, might not be on the podium, but I definitely think that he will be in the top ten a lot more this season. I'm not I, saying every race. I really hope so. I, it'd be really good to see Alex Albon back up there. He's a good driver. He's an excellent driver. He showed what he can do. He had a bit of a bad spell at Red Bull, but I don't think that defines his career. I and think is it last James Vowles that's gone to Williams? Yes. See, I also think that will have a massive impact on I really how hope that so. team's run. I really hope so, because with him as their team principal, I honestly think if they can get the right funding, if they can get certain strategic mm. things right, the sky's the limit for them, especially yeah. after last year, especially after the last couple of years. I think having George Russell in that team rejuvenated them having yeah. someone of that that caliber quality and, and that caliber really and that youth elevates as well them. they're not exactly sort of this they're still young they're still like adaptable but i see i agree with you with alex because i see alex like that yeah i think alex is he's maybe not i don't rate alex albon as high as george russell but he really yeah. is not far off i think alex lost a lot of confidence after the whole red bull situation as well and i think that's i do think that put a bit of a sort of dampener on his thought of his ability, but he is a really good driver. He seemed to find his groove last year. Though. Yeah. He really seemed to find his groove. He seemed to be doing well. Again, it was a kind of hit and miss season for him, but in that Williams, it's always going to be. Yeah. It's always going to be. And I honestly believe if they can get some sort of improvement from last year, we're going to see what we deserve to see from Alex yeah. Albon. I think he's going to lead that team, and I think he's going to lead that team to not being bottom of the constructors. Yeah. I don't know who will be bottom, but I I don't think it'll be Williams if they can get it right. Yeah. It all depends on the engineering for me. Mm. All depends on the engineering. My underrated driver of the year, though, again, this might be a really... A lot of people, I believe, are going to think that I'm saying a lot of these answers because of the team I support, mm. because I'm a McLaren guy. But I honestly think Lando's going to be the underrated driver Lando's of the season. Lando's always underrated. <laughs> Last year... <laughs> He was kind of the unsung hero, constantly, consistently getting good results in. Maybe the odd one was Lando last year was definitely best of the rest. Well, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Like, yes, literally best of the rest in the constructors, uh, sorry, in the Drivers' Championship. But just some of the performances he put in, I can't remember which race it was, but... There was a certain race where it just a late surge through the pack mm. and it just looked absolutely crazy. Kind of like Daniel Ricciardo did in Mexico. Yeah. It was just absolutely wild to see. And honestly, I honestly believe he won't be up there. He won't be up there for the championship. I think McLaren have made that perfectly clear. Or oh, have they though? Are they just saying that to try and 
take the the focus away from them, and then they're actually going to come and be be up there. I mean, as a, <laughs> as a McLaren fan, that's the dream. I really wish that was the case, but I honestly believe that they're just trying to keep our feet on the ground. I think with with the name McLaren, a lot of expectation comes. Yeah. And when that expectation's not there, I think you need to set expectations really fast. And I think yeah. that's I, I think that's all they're doing. I think they're expecting a decent season. But then again, you hear people like Lando coming out recently and saying he expects and he wants McLaren to make the same jump that Ferrari did last yeah. year. He wants them to make that kind of leap. That's what they need to be aiming for. That's what they need to be visualising. And if that's what he's saying publicly... I don't know whether he's just trying to set expectations for yeah. the team and set goals for the team, or if he knows something that we, we don't, because we don't yeah. know anything. We don't know anything about what this car's going to be like. So, whether the car's good or bad, Lando is my underrated driver of the season. I think he's going to be great. He always has been. I honestly think he's going to be the one that people need to look out for. Yeah. I think he might be the dark horse of the season. Absolutely I'll the dark agree. horse of the season. Now... Finally, in this little part, I want to talk about what we think the race of the year is going to be. Last year, we saw some absolutely fantastic Mm. races. Spa, seeing Max's rush through the pack. Silverstone, oh my God, through goes Hamilton. Yeah. Lives in my beating heart. And the one that surprised me so much was Jeddah. I didn't expect Jeddah to be so good. It was absolutely action-packed. And Brazil was really good as well. Brazil. Well, I was going to come on to Brazil. Sorry. <laughs> but, oh my God, as, even the whole race weekend, K-Mag on pole, he, Russell oh finally God, getting yeah. his first win. Oh my God, Brazil was chef's kiss. On pole. Chef's kiss of the, the whole F1 calendar. But, that was last year. This is this year. Mm-hmm. What will be the race of the season, Danielle? Now, I might be continuously saying this, but I think Spa... I think Spa has the potential to be a make-or-break race. It does, it does. It's one of those races where I think 90% of F1 fans love the circuit. Mm-hmm. They love the weekend. We don't speak about Spa 2021. We but never do that. But that's what I'm saying. I think it has the potential to be like that or like when we went. Yeah, well, when we went... it was an amazing race. See, it mean, was an amazing race, but we kind of saw all four seasons when we were there. Very true. Like, yes, race day in 2022, glorious. But the Friday was... My God, the Friday really and the Saturday. It? it was like a monsoon. It was absolutely crazy. Miserable weather, rainy, wet. It could be one of those races, but it's also one of those tracks again kind of like Silverstone that has everything yeah it has your big straights it has your little tight intricate turns it has parts where you can bring speed in sort of circuit with a little bit of everything the only thing I worry about with Spa is because it's such a big circuit cars can get very drawn apart yeah and, I mean, we found that was Max, didn't we? Like, Max, we were as soon as he Max. surged through that midfield, he was gone. Yeah. Like, Absolutely Where gone. we were sat, we were sat at the bottom of Eau Rouge, and we were seeing Max, and then about 30 seconds later, we started yeah, seeing was, a couple of others. It was crazy. And then it was Max again, and it was like... Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think that was necessarily down to the, the circuit. That was more just down to the absolute monster <laughs> that Red Bull created. But Max going from, like, 11th to, yeah, to first in four laps. I personally, when we've actually seen a race... We do not count 2021 as a race. Those people should have got the money back. That was shocking. Absolutely terrible weekend. We literally sat here for about 
five hours just waiting for something yeah. to happen just watching the rain watching little Lando sleep awful awful watching weekend watching Valentine like a piffle oh. R.I.P. to that show <laughs> but, um, but yeah I think Spa has the potential to be an incredible race absolutely incredible race what's your <sighs> prediction Hmm. For me, it's between. See, again, I might be going bold here, but because the cars are so good at overtaking now, we'll see what they're like again this year. But there seems to be a really, a really big increase in how well they're able to overtake. I'm going to say it's going to be either Silverstone, because I love the circuit, mm-hmm. or, and a lot of people might disagree with me on this, Vegas. And I know you're going to disagree with me. And I'm just... This might be me just trying to have high hopes. I might just be trying to be optimistic for the new race. But with that many straights, I don't like the look of the circuit. No. I really don't. I've got strong opinions on Vegas. But when you put cars (laughs) on that circuit, you never know what's going to happen. I honestly believe... It's one of those, again, that could go either way a lot. Very true. To me, Miami looked like a great circuit, and that yeah, ended up an absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> that ended up like an absolute dumpster fire, so we never talk about Miami again. I also, sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. think that Brazil, especially after last year, and I think once people start fighting a little bit more, I actually think Brazil was such a good race last year. Brazil, I have never seen a bad race in Brazil. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Brazil. I think Brazil was really good last yeah, year. Yeah, I'll say Brazil. I'll say Brazil, because it's never let us down. No. It's never let us down, Brazil. Not that I can remember anyway. If you guys can, let us know. But I bet you won't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly believe, yeah, Brazil could be. Yeah. Brazil or Silverstone, I'll say. I'm going Brazil or Spa. But, but keep your eyes peeled for Vegas, because we never know. We never know. I think I've wrote Vegas off already. (laughs) Right. And anyway, I believe that this is about time to wrap this, our first ever episode of the Formula Weekly podcast up. Exciting. It's exciting times. (laughs) Hopefully you guys have enjoyed listening to us chat absolute rubbish about Formula One, our predictions. I really hope you guys have totally different predictions to us. If you do, let us know. Interact with us on Instagram. Uh, our at is formula underscore weekly underscore. Please get in touch with us. Please interact. Please follow us. You don't know how much it helps. We also love chatting to people, don't we? It's absolutely incredible. Like, the amount of people that get in touch. When we put a poll up and so many people reply. It's and absolutely we incredible. And chatting for ages. We absolutely love the community that we're able to, to interact with. And thank you all for your support. It absolutely means the world to us. And on that note... I believe it's how to wrap this up. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you. And we will speak to you all in the next one. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.